Is your voice heard even when others disagree? And why is it important that everyone has an opportunity to be heard? How do you practice listening in your life, in your meetings, in your family, at work? Welcome to episode 313 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Bethany, Denise, Amy, Lisa, Susan, and Vicki. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Bethany, Denise, Amy, Lisa, Susan, and Vicki for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that in this show, we represent ourselves rather than any 12-step program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you'll find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I am your host. Joining me today is Eric. Welcome, Eric, on this chilly January morning. Yes, yes. Good morning, Spencer. Early Sunday morning, 5th of uh, January. Happy New Year. I think still might apply for a few more days. Sure. It's the first week anyway, yeah. There you go. First Sunday of the year, so Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Today we're going to kind of riff on some thoughts based on Concept 5, the Concepts of Service, or something that maybe a lot of Al-Anon members are not familiar with. So why don't we start out um, reading the description of Concept 5, well, the words of Concept 5, and then the description from our book, Reaching from Personal Freedom. Concept 5 says, The rights of appeal and petition protect minorities and assure that they be heard. Just to start off, we have a step meeting that's every Sunday here locally uh, where we use the book, The Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, and go through one a week, move on from steps to traditions. But then we decided by group conscious a long time ago, several several years ago, that if there's a fifth Sunday in the month, we would do a concept. This one was Concept 5, and what we use for that, because it's not in the, the 12 and 12 book, is the green book called Searching for Personal Freedom. It's a workbook, a spiral-bound book with the trees on, tree on the cover. That's the text we used to read from, and it just, you know, as I usually say when we start off one of the concepts, well, when we finish reading and I share, I say, you know, who, who knew this bull gave milk? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and every time we do a concept, people groan and moan, and maybe somebody leaves. But it, it's it's every single time it's uh, proven to be helpful in my recovery when I apply it. So here goes. This is from that book. Concept 5, the rights of appeal and petition protect minorities and ensure they be heard. Concept 5 contains the spiritual principle that all opinions must be heard in order to have an informed group conscience. It tells us that even though we might not have unanimity at all times, we agree to listen to everyone's opinion respectfully, especially when there's a minority of only a few. It assures us that we have a right to voice our opinions, even if it's the minority opinion. In return, members with minority viewpoint agree that, having been heard respectfully, they agree to respectfully accept the decision of the group conscience and let go. Concept 5 ensures harmony through full participation, 
building on the wisdom of concept four. It is not intended to justify bitter debate that never ends. Discussion based on mutual respect might not come naturally to those of us who've been affected by alcoholism. We've seen how easily alcohol can turn any family discussion into argument, with the alcoholic becoming increasingly intolerant of differing opinions. We can become as unreasonable as the alcoholic, taking control of the discussion and trying to force our point of view on others. Some of us begin to feel that our point of view is not valued or worth sharing. We shut down and we refrain from participation in the discussion. As we incorporate the principles of Concept 5 into our relationships with family members, friends, or co-workers, we find that we're able to express ourselves without fear of being judged by others. In addition, we may also find that we can open our minds to learn new things by being willing to listen to alternative ideas and opinions. There's, there's a lot in there. There is Just a lot in there. <laughs> and, I, and I love how this this book, Reaching for Personal Freedom, the green book, as we, as we sometimes call it, we have the blue book, the tan book, the green book. I love how it takes these things that seem so abstract and were originally written really to apply to, you know, the functioning of Al-Anon as an organization and brings them into applicability to our personal lives. And the thing here about when we're in an alcoholic family, turn any family discussion into an argument, become increasingly intolerant of differing opinions, taking control of the discussion and trying to force our point of view, uh, and we shut down and refrain from participating. And there's a whole range of things that yeah. that happen in the family dynamic there with the alcohol that this concept can help us to uh, address and, and, and recover from, I think. You said uh, you had a couple definitions we want to start with, because we always do. Well, yeah, I do. And they're short and sweet, as you might imagine. Sure. The obvious word is listening. And for me, this concept is as much about listening as it is about speaking up. Mm-hmm. You know, I I had and still do have trouble intensely listening without judgment, without trying to fill in the blanks, without completing someone else's sentence. So listening intently, as they say, is the ultimate form of love. So listen as defined here. Give one's attention to a sound. Eventually he was not listening. Take notice of Act on what someone says. Respond to advice or a request. Pay attention. Take heed. Take notice. Make an effort to hear something. Be alert and ready to hear something. You know, that's mm-hmm. hard for some people. It's hard for, I know it's hard for me. You know, I have, as a friend says, I have a stream of consciousness going, <laughs> you know. Which can be annoying, you know, because mm-hmm. I have thoughts at every moment while someone's speaking. Yeah. Um, as my, my job is to restrain that and let them finish. I have a, f- a friend in the program who says, you know, I know my higher power speaks to me all the time, but when I'm in a meeting, I'm prepared to listen. And so I hear my higher power more often. So there's another aspect, I guess. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, I don't know if we've done an entire episode on listening, but that certainly should be in the queue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, listening intently, 
Anyway, the next definition is uh, speaking out or up. And that, again, is about this concept. You know, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but I know many, many people in the rooms that only raise their hand after a year or more of coming to say something. They were, they just, you know, had been so battered and degraded, they didn't feel safe yet. And I know people that are still in rooms that I go to that I've never heard speak. So it's about confidence some, to some degree. And, you know, saying what we mean and meaning what we say without saying it mean, that's what I learned by coming to these rooms, that it's okay to have an opinion, even if it differs from others. And with an alcoholic, it's almost always when it differs from another. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, the definition here is speak out or up. Express one's feelings or opinions frankly and publicly. Either speak frankly, speak boldly, speak openly, speak publicly. Mm-hmm. Hard for many people. You know, I'm sure you've heard the expression, the two largest fears in life, in general, in life. Number one, public speaking. Mm-hmm. Number two is death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number one is public speaking, speaking in public. So, you know, it's not just but people affected by the disease. I think it's just a human characteristic that a lot of people find it difficult to use their voice in public, and these rooms encourage us to do so. Interesting. Interesting. So we were going to continue, I think, maybe use this uh, chapter on Concept 5 from the book uh, as, as an outline. And so the first section is titled, I Have a Voice. Before coming to Al-Anon, I felt I had no voice. I didn't believe I had the choice to agree or disagree, to follow or lead, to stay or walk away. Nor did I have the tools for speaking up and making decisions. I was rarely asked to express my opinion. When I did, I was afraid to disagree. As a result, I seldom asked for what I really wanted, which created anger and frustration within me. I found myself selecting domineering partners in relationships and then being angry because they were controlling. I felt like a little girl in a woman's body. After attending Al-Anon, I understood that I had the right to voice my opinion because speaking up is necessary for my self-esteem. I also learned that it was okay if my opinion differed from someone else's opinion. Although it is important that I speak my mind quietly and respectfully, it does not guarantee that I will get my way. It only offers me the opportunity to be heard. Others can take what they like and leave the rest. Conversely, my opinion does not necessarily have to be heard. It is mine to share or withhold. Sometimes, keeping my opinion to myself is just as important as speaking up. Concept 5 has taught me that, in addition to learning that I have a right to speak up, I have a duty to listen to others and keep an open mind. I don't always agree with someone else's opinion, but I do my best to consider it fairly and objectively. I have also learned to appreciate the phrase, you may be right. (laughs) We've had that one before. Um, and there's, there's three questions here. I'll just drop them out and, and we can speak to them or not as, as, uh, as our conversation goes. First question, how has learning that I have a right to speak up changed the way I feel about myself? Second question, at what times is my decision to keep my opinion to myself just as important as sharing? And third question, how has concept five changed how I feel about people who disagree with me? Uh, well, the question that really speaks to me here is in at what times is my decision to keep my opinion to myself just as important as sharing for, for all my life. I think I've been able to 
it, to a large extent. I mean, there certainly were situations where I didn't feel that I could contribute, but I'm usually uh, pretty uh, outspoken and and forward. Um, at, at least, at least when I'm not in a situation where I'm sure that the person that I'm speaking to really disagrees with my opinion, and it's a personal opinion. If it's something about like how we're going to do something at work, man, I'm right there. I'm right in your face. My wife used to say that I could be authoritative about anything, whether I was right or not. Even if I was completely wrong, I could speak authoritatively about it. And so, for me, that question, at what times is my decision to keep my opinion of myself just as important as sharing, is really important. That, uh, you know, the thing that I really need to practice and that that this Concept 5 helps me to uh, remember is listening at least as much as I speak. And I think we'll get into maybe there's, I know there's a reading that, that speaks about uh, if I say something more than once, I'm trying to control. And uh, that happens as well. Uh, which of these speak to you, Eric? Well, which one was that you just read? Unfortunately, I printed this so small. What was the last question you read? When is it not appropriate to speak up? Is yeah, that's it? the one that I, I was just speaking about. Yeah. Where is it? What is the actual wording? At what times is my decision to keep my opinion to myself just as important as sharing? What I wrote as you were speaking was uh, when it may harm others. Um, you know, as we say right. in our step nine, when it may bring harm, may, may cause more harm than good. Reveal too much when it jeopardizes my or someone else's anonymity, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it's risky to my financial, spiritual, or personal well-being. Those are the things pop out when I heard that question. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I just thought of one, uh, which I, I think I spoke about a few weeks ago when, when I was sharing about, you know, life and recovery. I said something in a in a meeting at work that was intended to be helpful and instead uh, turned out to be very not helpful. And actually, I know one of the one of the people in the meeting spoke to me afterwards that they actually took that as somewhat insulting. And I was like, wow, yeah. I kind of knew as soon as the words came out of my mouth that I shouldn't have said it. But, you know, this is where this is where I need the practice. The practice is, like, if I say this thing, how is this actually going to sound to the other people? Like, maybe I shouldn't say it. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. Stop uh, and think. Yeah. The other part of this and, you know, the title of this section, which is, I have a voice, the ways in which alcoholism maybe silenced us and that we need, that we, we recovering from that. It sounded like when we were talking earlier, you had the next section here titled Finding the Courage to Speak. That to me also, again, going to back to meetings with people that I know that are in the, some of the meetings at 12 and 12 in particular, there's a guy there who's been in that, I don't know, for 20 something years. And he said it took him at least two years of every Sunday before he felt comfortable enough to open his mouth, put up his hand. Mm. So he didn't feel safe. And growing up in an alcoholic home, safety and the ability to be heard was two very rare commodities. Uh, So, yeah, go ahead with that if you don't mind. Sure. Finding the Courage to Speak. This is on page 141 of the book for those of you who might have the book. I've first appreciated Concept 5 as it applied to my business life. 
Many years ago, I was in a strategic planning meeting with other owners and managers of companies. As we talked, I thought of a way to solve the problem we were discussing. I immediately reverted to my old way of criticizing my own ideas. Quote, this will probably sound dumb or stupid. If it was a good idea, somebody else would have already brought it up. End quote. These thoughts were based in fear of looking like an idiot, which was my old thinking. Then, Concept 5 came to mind. I realized that I felt very alone and very much a minority. I braced myself, stood up, and presented my proposal. The room became very quiet. Then heads started nodding as members affirmed that it was a good idea. I was amazed. At that moment, I knew that the principle of Concept 5 really worked. And remember, Concept 5 says uh, that... Uh, uh, minorities can be heard, or it ensures that minorities are heard. And so, I, I did find this, and you know what I'd already written under here was courage. You know this, this right in the title, finding the courage to speak, and the confidence, and the self-esteem, and feeling safe enough, and and uh, and feeling like my my opinion, my feelings matter, because with my alcoholic, they didn't, they did not. Nothing I said was right, it seemed, it felt. Uh, whatever I was going to say was wrong, uh, causes controversy, criticism. I was bullied, uh, disparaged, ridiculed. So I stopped talking mm. and just built. And you know what that does? I mean, that just resentments rise up, anger wells up, and I stuff it. Uh, you know, I know with my daughters when there was just nothing, it seemed, that they could say that would not be met by the alcoholic mother in this case, with derision and ridicule. So they just stopped talking. Uh, and at one point, my older didn't talk to her mother for a year. Wow. Not a word. Not a word. My younger shut down for a while when she was 14. Uh, had to go, you know, into treatment. So this is a powerful, powerful message from this concept. I, you know, I knew it would be when I'm at a meeting, and initially this meeting started with, quiet you know after the leader finished mm -hmm, yeah. and then <laughs> and, yeah and then hands started going up i know it's a, a hot topic and it's something we need more of because by the end of an hour and a half meeting there's still six hands in the air wow so that's why i said you know what this one let's let's focus on this stuff because speaking up not being a doormat anymore is really empowering yeah. I can say what I mean, mean what I say, and not say it meanly. I, again, I've said this in many episodes. If I can speak in this tone of voice, Spencer, I can get away with saying almost anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to go on a little tangent here. Just about the um, sort of meeting procedures in your area. So what is, what is the format of this meeting? Is it like... Um, you got a podium and chairs uh, in a row, or are you sitting it's a, in a circle? It's a, with you know, tables set up in a uh, rectangle, uh, and then there's and then chairs around that, and then chairs outside okay. of that rectangle. Uh, multiple triangles. So multiple or, circles, or, or, basically. Not, not rec rectangles, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Multiple uh, rectangles, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then right. leaders. But everybody's sort of facing in, and, and people raise their hands to speak. Yes, of course. Yeah, every meeting we do is like that. And the moderator chooses the next person. Some occasionally there's a pitch meeting where the last person that chairs sends it to the next. Meeting. Yes, most of the meetings I go to is it's just sort of popcorn. Ah, people just people just speak up as as they uh, as they as they're moved. In in a small in a small meeting we do that. 
Right. And it does make a difference what size the meeting is. Yeah. It sounds like this one's relatively large if you have like, <laughs> yeah, like three circle, three rectangles of chairs around. I was just curious because, uh, you know, every, everywhere does it a little differently. I've, I've been to a couple of meetings, one in California and one actually in Canada. Everybody was in a circle and sharing just went around the circle in order as far as it could go. And then when time ran out, time ran out. Oh, the other question I had, do you guys use a timer? Some meetings we do, and the 12 and 12 does. The Saturday morning meeting, uh, which has become all of a sudden 40 to 45, we had we had five-minute wow. chairs with a one-minute warning. And that wasn't, you know, again, we'd finished the meeting to be hands in the air, which is unfortunate. So we just this yesterday went to three-minute chairs. Yeah. yeah, okay. Anyway, back to back to the concept here. I'm trying to think, like, like I said, like I know at work, um, I'm I'm pretty vocal about things. I I am not shy about sharing my opinion at work, and that probably has something to do with having been working for the same organization for a long time. Although even before that, I think I was I was not shy. So that has not been a problem for me most of the time. I think in my personal life, it's much more of an issue because I guess the stakes feel higher when it's when it's something personal, and so. Um, I may be more reluctant to say something that I think might be met with any kind of pushback. So that's, um, it, it's interesting that way. And, and that, you know, this concept says that even if I'm the only person with that opinion, I still have the right to voice it. And that's, that's, you know, that's good to remember. Yeah, sure is. Okay. You get the next one here. Learning to speak honestly. Truly listening to someone who is expressing an opinion contrary to my own is one of the hardest things for me to do. Today, I understand that differing opinions weren't allowed in my family of origin. Although it was never explicit, it was quite clear. Make up your own mind as long as you agree with me. <laughs> Recently, yeah, right? Yeah. Sound familiar? Yeah. yeah. Recently, I heard some Al-Anon friends express opinions at a meeting that greatly distressed me. In fact, I had such a strong reaction that I knew there was a deeper meaning. After all, these were Alaron friends, whom I knew well. I believe that they were speaking from a place of honesty and openness, with no intention of creating harm. And yet, there I was, in full reaction mode. Fortunately, I had enough awareness to simply share on the topic when it was my turn and then talk with my sponsor later. After several days, I am still reacting, but my anger has stepped aside to reveal my fear, which is not terribly surprising, but very enlightening. I'm not necessarily afraid of other people's opinions. I'm afraid that I will have to be more honest when expressing my own opinions, regardless of what I think other people would prefer to hear. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Questions here. What can I do when I react negatively to someone's opinion? And how does the fear of what others might think affect my being honest when expressing my opinion? And that second one, that one strikes home for me. This is more true, I think, in maybe conversation with acquaintances or friends around, you know, politics and other social issues. And this goes back for me, this goes back to you know, my desire to please, my desire to be liked. Uh, and so if if someone expresses an opinion that 
even one that is diametrically opposite to what I actually believe, my sort of first uh, inclination is to just say nothing. You know, I realize this about myself. It's still very hard to, to do that. I think I have a child who expresses opinions that I don't agree with. And my still, uh, my mode of interaction when that happens is either most often to withdraw or to violently disagree, which then leads to, you know, sort of shouting and everybody's feelings getting hurt and, and later on having to make some kind of amends, which happened over Thanksgiving. Um, (laughs) You know, I can't, at least with, with that person, with that, with that child, I cannot apparently have a calm disagreement that is something I'm I'm recognizing, and my my wife has been doing much better at this about leaning into the conversation when the kid expresses an opinion that is you know sort of counter to the values that we thought we had instilled in this person, and she she can lean into that and and sort of dig in and and they can usually come to a point of understanding and some sort of agreement, not like changing their mind, but, you know, getting to a point where it's like, Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. And this is what I mean. And it's not what you heard, you know, or something. Um, I'm still not able to really do that. I just, I just get really worked up and, and have to, like I said, either shout or, or withdraw. Fear of what others may think affects my being honest because maybe it's not really so much. Well, in that case, it's not fear of what others may think. It's fear of, of just, you know, riling up and, and, and getting into this place of, of violent disagreement or withdrawing. I remember having a conversation with a friend and we're friends because we both enjoy a particular activity. This was shortly after the 2016 election and, and we, both expressed our fear of what would happen when the person we didn't want to be elected was elected. And we were able to say, okay, I hear you. And then we were, then we just went back to, you know, um, so that for me, that felt very healthy. Like, you know, I actually was able to say, yeah, I, this is how I felt. And the other guy was able to say, Hey, this is how I felt. And we disagreed with each other but we were still able to stay in relationship and, and I'd like to be able to do that more. How about you? Well, I'm so glad you're here today to benefit from this concept five, (laughs) because what you're saying, all those things is why I think this concept means something. You know, what do we do when we react negatively to someone else's opinion? It happens all the time, particularly with an alcoholic. Okay. Yeah. That's why we're in, that's why I'm in the rooms. Yeah. Anger, you know, uh, what, what, what used to well up or does sometimes still, when, when, what do I do when I react negatively to someone else's opinion? Well, now I don't get angry. I take a pause. I think I wait, you know, because I'm feeling emotional about it. What I need to do is step back. Okay, quit taking it personal. Oh man, take a pause. <sighs> yeah, that's the answer for me. Pause, think, wait, stop. You know, perhaps if I have to feel like I must say something, 
give it a, a huh. Interesting. Interesting. Let me think about that. Wow. Neutral response. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't see it. I don't see it that way. I don't, I don't see it that way, but hmm, it's interesting. You see it that way. Yeah. I just wrote down wait. Why am I talking? Wait, wait pause. Thank <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Is what I'm thinking, is what I want, what I'm feeling, thoughtful, honest, intelligent, necessary, kind. One of those, you know, uh, am I a halt? Another one. Hungry, yeah. angry, 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 angry. There's the A. Yes. Halt. These acronyms are here for a reason. It seems like they fit right here. Okay. When I feel negatively, that means it's affecting me emotionally. And what I've learned to take away from the 12 years I've been doing this is to hit the pause button. Don't react. Don't react. If I'm feeling an emotion that I don't like, such as anger or offense, you know, Q-tip, man. But taking it personally, step back. Anyway. I think I told you about this before. A friend of mine in the program had a little pause icon tattooed on her wrist. Yeah. So, I have it on my, so it's she my can home just screen. Hit the pause <laughs> button, like literally hit the pause button, you know. I'm going to find a, a doctor to install one of those. <laughs> you know, it's wired right into my uh, neurons or whatever, my synopses. Just put everything on pause. Just give me a big dose of uh, internal Xanax or whatever the heck I need. Yep. You know, I also wrote here in the margin, you know, what do I do when I react negatively? Um, uh, when it becomes, it's obviously, it's an emotional, it hits an emotional trigger. How do I know, first of all, you know, that I'm feeling negative? First of all, is to feel it, acknowledge it, and not just react with anger. I feel something. You know, instead of my daughters use when, because they don't have this true value toolbox that I carry around of software, they just have defaulted to the four-letter, you know, the F-bomb, the F-word. Yeah. Fine, fine. Oh, that F word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, uh, how you feeling? Fine. Fine. You okay? I'm fine. Yeah. What's going on? Not, nothing. Fine. You know, the, the, I call it the four letter F word. <laughs> but I have the trouble detaching the message from the messenger. Yeah. You know, I, I need to step back. You know, it might be true for them. It might be also be crazy. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be mine. No, that's what Absolutely. I think about. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next couple of sections are about li- the listening half. Um, this one's titled Seeing from a Different Angle. When I get yep. stuck in the box of my own thinking and can't get out, I am usually being petty or impatient. I may be hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. That's when I believe God speaks to me through the voice of someone expressing a minority opinion. At that moment, it seems that God challenges me to look at something from another angle. I grew up with two sisters, and now I have two roommates. It appears that I am never going to get away from varying opinions. When there is more than one person involved in a decision, disagreement is more than likely. Yet, I can fool myself into expecting otherwise. When I am not taking care of myself, I can be annoyed by someone else's opinion. However, it is a sacred right that I cannot deny to anyone. After all, my point of view might be the minority opinion someday. Ha, fat chance. No, that was me adding that in. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm always in the majority because even if it's just me. Um, yeah, okay. So that's a little arrogant opinion, and uh, I need to learn this. So questions here. How can listening to a minority viewpoint benefit me when I'm stuck in my own thinking? What can I learn about myself from my reaction to a point of view that differs from mine? Well, what I can learn about myself is I don't like it. 
<laughs> as evidenced by the the shouting that happened at Thanksgiving when my kid was expressing an opinion different from mine. But listening to a minority viewpoint, uh, this is something that I probably try to practice more at work than in other parts of my life. And I try to do it explicitly and intentionally because I am the senior person on my team at work. And I recognize that other people on the team have good ideas and sometimes they have better ideas than I do. And so I really try to open a, a space for those opinions to be expressed. And I don't remember the details now, but I know just the other day, like we were talking about how to do something and I was like, well, how about this? And somebody else said, well, what about that? And I was like, oh my God, yes, that's so much better. So yeah, listening to a different opinion, a different way of, of thinking about something, a different way of doing something can really like come to a better place than if I just blindly follow my own, uh, my own way of doing, you know, we do this actually on a regular basis. Uh, so we write computer programs, right? And one of the practices we have is called a review. Let's say I write some, some computer code. At least one other person on the team looks at what I wrote and basically critiques it. Not necessarily criticize, but critique. Like, you could have done this this way. Oh, yeah, I could have. Or, yeah, this looks great. Whatever. And so we're, we, we have a practice of inviting somebody else's opinion somebody else's eyes, you know, two pairs of eyes are almost always better than one in this situation because uh, another person might see something that I totally had not seen at all. And then there's a third person who does what we call quality uh, assurance and, and tests what we have done to make sure that it meets the thing we said it was supposed to do. And that person has yet a third way of looking at it and, and sometimes finds defects before we actually release them to you know, be used by, by the, uh, the, the members of the public. Imagine something similar happens in construction. Uh, you think? I hope. <laughs> uh, you know, construction is uh, one of my uh, ex-partners used to say is war. Okay, and you're, you're my general. You know, I have to deal with uh, shrapnel, uh, crisis management, uh, you know, you name it, and, and hundreds if not thousands of different personalities and issues at any given moment on a large construction project. Yeah, so uh, all the concepts apply, you know. Concept four, participation is the key to harmony. I need to get, you know, people to participate in order to I can't do everything. You know, I'm not the plumber, I'm not the electrician, I'm not the carpenter, but they need to be given some kind of guidance and then I need to let go and, and trust that they can do it. And then if something happens, which it does, you know, use another, which is let them be heard and then say what's on my mind. You know, these things apply all across the board in my life. Decisions, opinions, participation. You know, if I can use these things, my life is just more harmonious. So there's a story in one of the one of the books in the discussion I believe it's in this discussion of concept 5 about really hearing and understanding what the other person needs or wants. Uh so the story goes there's there's one orange and there are two people who each want the orange. And they're like okay 
We each want the orange. There's only one orange. We're not going to be able to get any more oranges because, I don't know, the stores are closed or whatever. So they cut the orange in half. It's a compromise. Everybody gets half. Nobody gets everything they want, but at least everybody gets something. One person peels the orange and eats the inside. The other person grates the zest off the rind and throws away the rest of the orange. Okay. And so the, you know, the moral of the story, the obvious moral of the story is, gee, if they had actually gone a little further and, and the one person says, I want to eat the orange, and the other person says, I just want the, the zest for a recipe, then they each could have had all of what they wanted. Um, but because they didn't listen deeply enough, they each only got half of what they wanted. I like that story, and I think there are definitely places in in our lives where that applies, where we discover that what we want is not actually in conflict, but we only get there if we take the time to listen, right? Or, or we just listen to what we want to hear and don't don't listen to the rest. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> you know, I only heard the part that made sense to me. The rest I didn't pay attention to at all. <sighs> You know, this, this whole last section here is, is about perspective, seeing from a different angle. You know, it may be true for them. I've heard that in the rooms. Yep. We don't, you know, we don't judge. We don't comment. There's a, it's, I guess, in the uh, section on crosstalk, you know, we allow people to say what's on the minds. Even though we may disagree, it is true for them. The slogans that jump out of this concept for me are keep an open mind and listen and learn. Those mm-hmm. two. Sum up this entire yep. concept to me. Take what you like and leave the rest. And I can leave the rest to answer kind of your little story. I can, I can decide to leave the rest, you know, not engage with what I disagree with. Uh, I, t- I like something you said. I really disagree with the other part, but I can leave it. I don't have to tell you why I disagree. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. No one's going to die here. Okay. Detach, listen and learn. Keep an open mind and patience. Another huge topic yep. at some point. Well, so, the last, the last reading in this section of reaching for personal freedom is titled "The Right to Be Heard." And the reading says, "I was never asked for my opinion. Ideas and opinions were imposed upon me, whether I liked it or not. If by chance I said what I thought, one of three things might happen: I was ignored, a crisis was created, or others made fun of what I said." I learned that pattern of behavior very well and carried it into my adult life. When I came to Al-Anon, I learned very quickly that if I wanted to improve my life, I had to change my patterns of behavior. Concept 5 affirms that everyone has the right to be heard. When decisions are made with the complete understanding of what each party wants, there is real communication. To achieve this, I use several program tools, including the slogan, Keep an Open Mind, so I can hear without prejudice what others say. I also need courage to say what I think. Then I listen and learn so that I can benefit from the ideas of others. I remind myself that when I have imposed my way of thinking on others, it has always generated hard feelings. We all have the right to participate even when there is a disagreement. I believe it is not only my right, but also my obligation to say what I think. Many times, fear paralyzes me and I prefer to do nothing. What if they make fun of me, get angry, or think I'm foolish? Then I remember that if I exercise wisdom, what I fear will most likely not occur. Instead of trying to control the outcome of the situation, I can let go and let God. So we got like at least three slogans in there, right? Uh, like a lot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. even more. Yeah. Even more. 
you know, listen and learn. Participation is the key to harmony. I have my, it's not only my right, but my obligation to speak up. Yeah. Wisdom, control, keep an open mind. Wow. I mean, yeah, again, who thought this bull could give so much milk? I yep. mean, yep. <laughs> really? Yep. I uh, know. I know. I went, I sent you the idea. You're like, hmm, really? Times of five. Never, okay. Let me look. Let me look. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of yeah. those. Well, the, you know, the, the text I got from you was something like, we had a meeting on Concept 5, and wow, we need to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Your friend sent us a share. Do you have that? I do. Bruce, hold on here. Sent it to me late last night. I know it'll be full of wisdom, because he's my sponsor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I respect his view on many, many things, obviously. Eric, thank you so much for reaching out to me around the work that is Concept 5. I was amazed that I actually have that workbook. I was able to locate it. And remember, I have read some of it and even answered some questions relating to step work. But I never got far into the traditions or concepts, so this was a very good exercise for me to read more and brush up on this concept. So the first thing that the workbook talks about and that popped out at me is that the concepts contain spiritual principles. And in the case of Concept 5, it is that all opinions must be heard in order to have an informed group conscience. Now, while that sounds good, quote, quote, on paper, in my world that was, and to some degree is still, not the case. Many around me in the past compromised with their possible well-meaning attempts to control the outcomes of a crisis for assuaging their own fear and guilt, imposed their will upon others and me. There was no room at the table for other opinions. So my view of speaking up and or speaking out was diminished over time with people who had or have the disease and whose behaviors were overriding at almost all costs. I learned the lesson of staying quiet to protect myself, to duck and cover and to avoid conflicts by going along. Concept 5 speaks firmly to allowing minorities to have their say and to allow all opinions the recognition they deserve without comment on the person sticking to the principles of the discussion, principles over personalities in action. Mm -hmm. Concept 5 teaches me that it's up to me to change my behaviors as it relates to, quote, keeping an open mind, reminding me to listen without prejudice. Concept 5 asks me to participate for my own good as well as the good of the group and the program. I only grow when I try out new behaviors. Al-Anon rooms are safe places to do this work. Lastly, Concept 5 swings back to the spiritual principle of let go of the outcome and let God. Show me how wonderful participation can be for me, Bruce. Wow. Yeah. You know, I kind of feel like that's a, a good point to... Uh yeah. Come to a close. I know you had some quotes that maybe you want to close up with. Yeah, this, uh, let's see. I found them this morning, 6.30 in the morning, so I don't know. Let's see if I can quickly put a finger on any. And, you know, I think a lot of it surrounds the word courage. Here's Winston Churchill. Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. Mm. I don't Wow, right? Yeah. Whew. Like that. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. And here's Oscar Wilde. If one could only teach the English how to talk, 
and the Irish how to listen. Society here would be quite civilized. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. All right. Uh, yeah, and then you can you can replace those uh, two nationalities with. Yeah, of course. It's not meant to be disparaging. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll finish with one of the best at this kind of thinking, Confucius. Mm-hmm. Look not at what is contrary to propriety. Listen not to what is contrary to pro- propriety. Speak not what is contrary to propriety. Make no movement which is contrary to propriety. Am I using that word correctly? Propriety? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, he speaks in very old uh, vernacular, but... Yes, yeah. the translation he, is obviously because he spoke in Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Marquis de Lafayette. Hey, my alma mater. I read, I study, I examine, I listen, I think. And out of all of that, I try to form an idea into which I put as much common sense as I can. Pretty good. Yeah. You picked us some music here. appreciate that because I was kind of blank on it. Oh God! Yeah, now let me see if I can I can fumble to find that again. Yeah, last night was the NFL playoffs with the Patriots, so I had four or five people over. I was cooking, and as as we were watching, you know, the game that came down to the wire in the last few minutes, I've got my headphones on looking for music (laughs) for the show. The song is "Say" by John Mayer. The lyrics go: "Take all of your wasted honor." Every little past frustration, take all of your so-called problems, better put them in quotations, say what you need to say, say what you need to say. And he goes on and says that about eight times in a row. (laughs) Say what you need to say, say what you need to say. Walking like a one-man army, fighting with the shadows in your head, living out the same old moment, knowing you'd be better off instead if you only could Say what you mean to say. Pretty good song. Yeah. And I like, you know, say what you need to say. Yep. Right? Yep. Just that and no more, right? Because because the concept talks about sort of both of those. Like, you need to say something, but you don't need to say more than that. Well, find the courage, you know? Yeah. Find the courage to say what you need to say and then step away. Yep. I might add that lyric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, here's a here's here's a couple I did find song meanings here. Great song to help you get out what you really feel. Life is too short to hold in your feelings and not say what's on your mind. What you believe and want to say is just as important as the next person. Just let people know how you feel because you never know what doors can open or shut so new ones can open. You know, I, just before we move off of this, uh, you know, what I, uh, there was another reading, maybe as we go on to something, I'll finish with it, but it really spoke to this about saying what we need to say and, and, uh, and then letting it go and, and saying it in this tone of voice. And it reminds me of so many episodes we've done on, uh, would you rather be right or happy comes to mind. The, the reading says, when we keep an open mind, we sometimes find inspiration or answers from the least likely of sources. Mm, that's yes. the one. That's that. the one. Yeah. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery. How have we experienced recovery this week? This has been a weird week because there was a holiday in the middle of it, and and I took vacation at the beginning of the week anyway. So 
I got back to work on Thursday, which felt like Monday, uh, except for the people who'd been there on Monday and then it was their second Monday or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit challenged because, uh, uh, one of the key members of the team announced on Thursday morning that she had accepted a position elsewhere in the organization, which is, you know, a step forward for her professional development wise. Uh, and I have to be happy for that. But, you know, I sort of made this, this sad face and said, I'm really happy for you. And, and she smiled back. She knew what I meant. <laughs> and so then we're having conversations about how do we bring somebody in to replace the job that, that she was doing and trying to balance, you know, my preference is I would like to have somebody who is already in the company has maybe, there's a, there's a person who previously worked on my team and went to another team. And I would be really happy to have him back because he knows what we're doing and he knows how we work and he's very experienced. And, but then, you know, that potentially leaves that other team with a deficit. And so, I have to sort of balance that and, and, you know, talking to uh, the manager who eventually, you know, in the end has to make this decision of, of how to, how to reshuffle people where, you know, hire somebody, where does a new person go, et cetera. I said what I needed to say. <laughs> exactly corresponds to this concept. Actually, you know, I said what I needed to say. I said, look, this is what I would prefer here are the reasons why I would prefer this. But I understand that it's not just my needs you have to take into account. You have to take into account the needs of the whole organization, not just my one team. And then I have to let go of it, right? I have to say what I need to say, but then I have to accept the outcome because it's not just my decision and I'm not the only person who's affected by by whatever happens. I guess that's important. <laughs> Yeah, so my one kid is, um, my one kid just thinks differently from me and makes decisions that I don't always understand. If, if I was running the world, they wouldn't be making those decisions, right? Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Recently, like, I don't know, yesterday, the day before, we got a text saying, hey, you know, here's a picture of this person I've been uh, communicating with and, and so on and so forth. And this is a, this is a, one of these cases where I'm like, why are you, you know, why this kind of, this interaction, this person that you're communicating with, why, you know, and I don't want to go into any details there, but it, there is some stuff that I'm like, why? In this case, I kept my, I keep, I've been keeping my mouth shut. And, you know, like maybe this is going to work out well for them. Uh, and, and if not, it, I will hurt for my child if if the situation ends up painfully, but it is their life. They are 29, and they have every right to be making their own decisions, you know, even by the, the most uh, uh, generous estimate of brain maturity, they've been fully mature for, you know, four or five years, right? And just because they're making decisions that are not the decisions I would make doesn't mean they're wrong. Darn <laughs> um, you know, letting go of your kids' decisions, I don't know, it's just hard. So I need to practice that. And, and uh, again, like this concept, you know, relates directly to that. And I didn't even know till we started talking about it. So that's a couple of things from my week. How about you? 
Oh, let's see. Last week was New Year's Eve week, so a few of the meetings I normally would try to go to, I didn't. New Year's Day, last Sunday, I think it was last Sunday that we did this concept. Would that have been the fifth Sunday of the month? Would have been, yep. Yeah, so that's when we did this one, and that's what got me thinking all about it during the week, reading on it. And, of course, uh, my men's group, I co-opted again for my purposes and <laughs> shared on, on this one. And, again, starting the meeting, two or three, there are only five. The men's group now we've opened to all. So uh, because it was becoming just a few of us routinely over, it's been about five years. And it was strong at five, seven, eight, ten at one point, and it's dwindled. So by small group conscience, we decided to open the meeting. And uh, the last few Saturdays, there's been a few uh, women that have come. Almost all of them in the room when I mentioned, sure, I have a concept, I have something, to, a topic in mind when I was asked. It was concept five, as you'd be stunned to know. I shared on that to try to prepare and get some feedback. Sure. And uh, almost all said, I, I don't even know what that is. And we've never done the concepts. I mean, very few meetings study the concepts. Um, you know, traditions, yes, sometimes, but concepts, mm, not so much. And, you know, they're, they're really good ones. I mean, concept four, participation is the key to harmony. I love that one. And it ties directly into this one. If I don't voice my opinion or have a vote, then how can I complain about the decision? You know, it's a, it, it, it's like our system of democracy. You know, if I never vote and then all I do is bitch and moan about the, who got elected, shame on me. You know, no speak kidding. up. I, I, I have a, I have a vote. I might be in the majority, but then I'm going to live with the result. So that was our meeting last night. Yeah, I mean, it spoke. It also speaks about expectations, about being in fear, and something good made something good may just as likely happen as something bad. You know, even though I differ in initially my uh, my feelings about it. Uh, I have to accept, uh, acceptance comes a, a huge part of this mm-hmm, concept. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once the decision is made, I need to accept it. Really, I mean, look at the perspective of how important is my opinion, and my, I could be wrong. You know, they might be right. I wrote uh, another meeting yesterday morning was on worry. Uh, certainly a hot topic. You and I have done that. And <laughs> it was a great story in that one. You know, I wrote, I use your phrase, you know, worry. For, I've heard it said worry is like living in the wreckage of the future. Another uh, great quote. I don't have to like something to accept it. I wrote that down. Uh, I wrote down one day at a time might sometimes be way too much. You know, one hour, one moment at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. The future's not yet written. The girl that gave a story about her dog. I don't know why stories about pets and animals always strike chords in the meetings. And she spoke of her dog who had been bitten at a park and she didn't realize how bad it was until the dog kind of collapsed. And they, she ran it to the vet. They had to give it some injections. They had to put the cone on its head. And the dog was very frustrated as you've known dogs to be. When, <laughs> yes. you know. So yes. I, uh, I, I guess, you know, my default is to be funny. And it just popped into my head, you know, maybe AA has a, a code of sobriety we can put on our alcoholics. So, you know, yeah, the, no. <laughs> the hand can't, the hand can't reach their mouth, you know? Yeah. Damn it. But I said, you know, they're going to find a straw. Don't worry about it. You know, it's just, they're going to find a three foot long straw 
if the hand can't reach the, reach the mouth. <laughs> I don't know if you would get this. Not many people did, but she talked about, uh, you know, the dog obviously bit her dog. And you know right. the old dog, you know the old joke, does your dog bite? Yeah. Right? right? And the guy goes to pet it and he gets bitten and that's, that's not my dog. Yes. I thought, right? So I said, you know, maybe what I've learned in Al-Anon is to ask first, is that your dog? <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Before I ask is that, does your dog bite? Find out, is that your dog? No, they, they can't get bitten anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, I, uh, uh, that was it, at least in one of the Pink Panther movies. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Spectre Cluzo. Uh, Does your dog a bait? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said your dog does not bite. It is not my dog. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I think, I don't know why this one I didn't share on it, but I think I may have sent you a picture. It was a, it was a cartoon in the Sunday, you know, uh, comic section, or maybe it was online, and it's a giraffe. Right, mm. standing with a cup of Starbucks in his tiny little, you know, front legs, and said, and he's going like, "This long neck really sucks," because <laughs> <laughs> he can't reach the coffee, <laughs> can't reach up to his mouth. I don't know why. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of been my week. All right, uh, there we go. Okay, and uh, uh, Pat sent us a voice share about uh, recovery in her life recently. Hi, Spencer. This is Pat from the West Coast. I know sometimes when I record while I'm walking, there's a lot of background noise. And the traffic's pretty heavy today, but I'm going to try this anyway because it's been on my heart and mind. And seems like something maybe folks can benefit from. At any rate, end of the holidays and did pretty well through the holidays. I like your adding S to halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or stressed. And I really saw a pattern this year of the stressed part. We made it through the holidays okay. And then the day after everybody had gone home and all the presents had been opened, I ended up taking my husband's inventory in a very unkind way. And we ended up in a really angry, angry shouting match, quite honestly, with name-calling and nasty things said on both sides. That was really disappointing. It's the old, you know, I was listening to the show with the tips for the holidays, and one of the listeners called in with responses to multiple episodes that she'd listened to, and I related so much to her. It's just getting into a place of not being so reactive is so hard. And something I've worked on for years now. But here I was reacting again and after the fact realizing that I was doing that same old thing of taking someone else's inventory and and more comparing my insides, the insides of my relationship, the insides of my understanding of who and what my husband is and how I feel about some of his choices, and comparing them to every other people's outsides, the outside of other people's relationships. And I had I had almost gotten there. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, you have an awareness. And I, I had wanted to talk to him about it in a kind, gentle way, and it came out in a reacting way before I ever got to do it right. 
So that makes me hopeful that next time I can do it a lot better. But the good news is also that he and I were able to move from that angry shouting straight into a really productive conversation. We talked for over an hour immediately afterwards. The good news, the follow-up, was that we were able to have this conversation afterwards, and we were able to talk about about why why did we have that argument at that point in time, and to really strategize and figure out what was what was could be done next year around the holidays, and what can we do now? And then there was this kind of hangover afterwards, and it's like, well, it's positive, but the next day both of us were sad. We had our sad days. It just was sad that we had gone that route. And then the day after that, he was really thoughtful, and we sat down and literally talked another hour, maybe hour and a half more, all with an eye to moving forward as a couple and continuing to grow and in what ways could we do that and how could we be supportive of each other. And I was able to take my own inventory and share with him my feelings and thoughts and interpretations, including the idea that maybe I had been looking at other people's outsides and comparing them to our insides. And it was really, it was just very beneficial. So it is heartening to realize that when I'm working the program, even when I slip, even when I'm most disappointed with myself, there can be positive that comes out from that, not from the slip itself, but from continuing to work my program and making the aftermath be as positive as possible and that the aftermath can be positive. That was really terrific. I've just continued to listen to all of your episodes sequentially in addition to the new ones. It's the second time through and I realize when I'm done with that, I'm going to start a third time because there's so many wonderful gems in all the shares. I'm so appreciative of you, Spencer, and really appreciative of all of the sharing from everybody else, all the people who call in. So my deep gratitude to you and best wishes to you and everyone that listens to the podcast and everyone that participates for a wonderful and growthful 2020. Bye-bye. Thank you, Pat, for, for sharing that. Oh, what's coming up? Well, i got a couple of suggested topics that I'm soliciting input for, and I have gotten some. Thank you. Uh, one is about men in Al-Anon. And I got a share from a woman who spoke about how having men in Al-Anon uh, actually, I think, encourages her to, to work her program. Um, and so I was soliciting opinions from men, but actually... I realize that's too narrow and we need to hear all the voices. Thank you, Concept 5, uh, for that. So if if you have something to share about being a man in Al-Anon or seeing men in Al-Anon, uh, please do. You can send us an email or a voicemail with your share. And the, the other topic is uh, was suggested by a listener, and that's being what we call a double winner, which means I'm in Al-Anon and another 12-step recovery. Usually when we say double winner, we mean AA, but there are plenty of other programs out there that uh, 
um, overlap in in many ways. And so, if you're a double winner, which I'm not, I'd love to hear from you about your experience. You know, how do you keep your anonymity as a member of another program, or do you keep that anonymity? And you know, what kind of like reactions maybe do you get if you talk about your your membership in another program? I don't know. I haven't been there, so I don't know the right questions. Hey, by the way, yeah. and I don't know if I'm right here. I could I could be wrong? That I believe the WSO now discourages the words "double winner." Did you hear that? I had not heard that. They refer to it as dual program. Dual program. Okay. Yeah, just an FYI. Are you a dual program member? All right. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, maybe worth a look, but I think I read that. That is that is entirely possible. I will say I think it's a term that's probably never going to go away, but we can try to start using the other, along with qualifier. Uh, Qualifier, yep, for sure. I I personally try not to use that word. My alcoholic is what I use. Yeah, I say my loved one. Um, I say sometimes the person who's drinking behavior caused me to come to Al-Anon. Yep, I I am my qualifier. Yeah, I, I qualify myself, yes, absolutely. There you go. Um, <laughs> That's the concept. So, yeah, anyway, if you if you have topics that, you know, people are always sending topic suggestions. I have somebody said, hey, what, what kind of topics have, have people suggested? And, and I had to go to the place where I have written down many, but not all of the topic suggestions people have made. And I don't know, I had like 30 or 40 on the list that I think we haven't talked about. So, geez. Hey, how about this for a suggestion? A uh, a published list on the uh, recovery show of here are the topics that have been suggested. If you have opinions on any, you know, chime in. It may, you may you, again never know where something really uh, inspirational is going to come there, from. There is a topics list. It is horribly out of date, ah. and I think I took away the menu list menu link to it because it's horribly out of date. I just the way that I. Put it there is really hard to maintain, and I need to figure out a better way to maintain the list to, in order to have it there. But it is yeah. a good idea, and I, and and that way people can just say, "Yeah, that one. I'd like that one." I wonder if there's a, a, a I don't know, you're the computer guy. If there would be a way to, cl- you know, anyone interested, click on it, and you get a total. You know, this one got 419 clicks. You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a little feedback. That's a good question. A feedback yeah. mechanism. Yeah. A little yeah. voting or something, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, if if people want to call or email, how do they do that, Eric? How do they do that, Spencer? <laughs> you can call. <laughs> you can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. 734-707-8795. Call right now. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. If you prefer not to use your voice, you can send the email to feedback at the recovery.show. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope on your questions about today's topic of Concept 5 or anything of our upcoming topics. If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. And our website, as um, already mentioned, is the recovery.show, where we have all the information, including notes for each episode, links to the books we read from, videos for the music we chose, and some other links to other recovery podcasts, and so on. Second song here, you picked Sarah McLaughlin, Find Your Voice. And the the title just is so appropriate uh, to the topic. I'm just going to read a few lyrics here. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in such a rush. No time to stop and enjoy the hush of a quiet word to let you know you're not alone. 
Oh, it would be such a lovely road if we could walk together. Let's find our voice, shout it from the inside. Let's make a choice to be the change we want to see. I think it's actually a Christmas song. Yeah, it is. Not yeah. not obvious from that, that section of lyrics, but mm-hmm. seems seems quite appropriate to this. Yeah. Happy to hear from you. Linda wrote, Hi, Spencer. Just finished listening to episode 307. Aaron, it's not all about me. His experience, strength, and hope presentation helped me understand how to relate to the steps when confused by self-will thinking. Listening to Aaron admit that he was embarrassed to admit what he was about to say when explaining feelings of self-centered grandiosity helped me in a profound way. Thank you for finding such humble guest speakers on your show, Linda. Well, thank you, Linda. I do try to I listen to a lot of speakers. The ones that really move me are the ones that I choose to share with you. So I'm glad that I'm glad that Aaron spoke to you as well. He certainly spoke to me. Karen left a comment on episode 311, which was the holiday toolkit. She says, I appreciated the share about and list of resources for the visually impaired. I will be sharing those with my partner. Thank you. I'm glad we can help. And I need to say thank you to Gina who shared those with us because I didn't know about them. And now I do. Thanks. Alina continues to share her thoughts on some of our past episodes. She talks about progress not Perfection, which was episode 29, Using Our Program in the Workplace, episode 30, and Step 7, episode 31. Hi, my name's Alina. I just wanted to share on episode 29, Progress, Not Perfection. I always have to remind myself of these types of things because, you know, I always want everything to be perfect or just right or do everything like correct. And, and if I don't, then I feel like I'm falling short or, you know, worry about being held to a certain standard, you know, depending on, you know, what it involves, if it involves work or my personal life, you know, I need to remember not to be so hard on myself too. Like I am, I have made progress. I am doing better. I am not where I was, you know, six years ago. My thinking is a lot better, you know, and then there's going to be days where, I'm not going to have it all together and that's okay. You know, I need to be okay with that because it can get overwhelming, you know, always trying to be on top of things and doing the right thing and, you know, not reacting to something that bothers me or not taking something personal. Um, There are days that it comes easier and then there's days where I struggle a little bit and that's, you know, when, even when I'm doing good or struggling, you know, I always have that option to contact my sponsor, contact an Al-Anon friend, write about it, pray about it, reason things out with someone else. And it does help, you know, for those out there that are struggling with it. I mean, I guess that's what helps me is always, you know, contacting someone. There's always someone out there that understands and can just listen, you know, and we just can't be so hard on, on ourselves. I know that that helps me. But like I said, it's one day at a time, you know, one moment at a time sometimes for me. So um, especially, you know, during the holidays and stuff where we feel like we're having to like do everything and get everything completed and there's deadlines and 
Christmas and New Year's and you want to not leave anyone out and just be, you know, perfect. And in reality, you know, I find myself doing a lot better when I can just relax and enjoy the moment. In the end, I'm not so anxious and worried. So anyways, um, thank you for the topic and um, thank you for letting me share. I just wanted to share on episode 30 about having program in the workplace and applying it. And it's kind of funny because it's the end of the year. I'm kind of just reflecting on, you know, my career and I love what I do, but I feel like I'm kind of held back a little bit. Um, I've been doing it a long time. I've got like 20 years experience and I'm not saying that that makes me an expert by far. It doesn't. I'm constantly learning and trying to, you know, update my skills and, you know, do the best I can do. Um, obviously trying to be perfect, but I know that that's, you know, not always a good thing to put at the forefront of my, my work every day, but I do the best I can. I try to be thorough, be kind, be organized. I'm always trying to be positive at work. I guess recently, you know, when I've been thinking about the year, I keep thinking about where I'm at and do I want to, I know I got to do something. I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again, as far as how I deal with situations that bother me. And sometimes I just, you know, don't want to just succumb to it all the time and just agree with, you know, just go with the flow and agree just to not cause conflict. I mean, I don't want to cause a conflict either, but I don't want to, I don't know. I just feel like I have skills that can be shared and, and it's just hard to know what to do. I mean, I don't know necessarily if I should voice my opinions or, you know, make suggestions. Definitely applying the program does help. Um, I can, decide, you know, what's actually important and what really matters. Can I let certain things go? You know, that kind of thing. So just some things to think about. I guess I just got really frustrated yesterday and it's just kind of funny that I'm listening to these episodes in trying to do them in, you know, basically in order. I started at the beginning and the fact that this one comes up kind of just when I needed it is, is a blessing really. So, so like I said, a lot of things to think about. I did talk to an Al-Anon friend and, you know, reason things out. I did get really upset yesterday just because I felt like, you know, it was a busy day. I was handling things just fine. I just came back from four days off. I'm feeling good. And probably, you know, midway through the day, you know, I get thrown some things that I don't really necessarily think are fair. And it's kind of like, you know, I don't really have the support sometimes. And I feel like, you know, my managers are just saying, well, deal with it. This is the way it is. And I know that's not the case. I think that, you know, maybe they don't always deal with these situations this exact same way. So I'm just wondering if maybe there's things that I don't know that are going on on their end that are causing them to react this way. And I know I just got to be patient and calm and realize I need to do the best that I can. And I, I don't know, going forward, I we'll see what's going on. I don't know, maybe if I need to see what else is out there, you know, I've been here for a while. I don't know. I just want a little bit more. I want to be accepted and, and all that too. So, but I'm happy with, you know, my job and what I've accomplished. So it's just, it's just hard, you know, I don't really want to walk away from it, but I don't really know the next right thing to do. So I can just pray about it, 
you know, use my tools, see what's really important, give it time, pause a little bit. Anyway, I appreciate the topic and thank you for letting me share. I just wanted to share on episode 31. It was actually the topic was step seven about our character defects. And I don't know, that's always really hard because I don't know, for me, I don't really like focusing on myself. And so when you think about defects of character, I don't know, the whole term just sounds really negative, but I know that, you know, what helps me, I guess, is realizing that you know, they can be assets as well. I guess it just depends on how you apply them and how you deal with them from day to day. You know, one thing that I struggle with a lot and I'm getting better, but it's about taking things personal and I'm just overly sensitive. I'm, I've always been a sensitive person. I mean, from when I was a little girl up until now and, you know, sometimes I hate myself for it because I wish I could just you know, not be so sensitive. And I see other people looking like they're holding it together and they can just, you know, something happens or something said to them and they can just kind of either they're numb to it or they just, you know, get over it really, really quick. And for me, I guess it just depends on, you know, what's going on or how I'm feeling. But I know people closest to me, it, if, if something's said or done to me that I don't know, that is really harsh. Like I really, really have a hard time and it really bothers me, but I know that I try to remember that, you know, it's not about me. I can't focus on myself. And usually when someone is saying or doing something that is hurtful towards me, it's usually because they're hurting. So you know, I try to remember that, but you know, other defects of character, it's just so hard to like focus on them sometimes. Like, I don't know, like if I sit back and think about it, like just trying to be perfect, trying to do all these things. And there's just so many demands that I put on myself and I just need to not be so hard on myself. That would be, you know, another character defect. I like the topic. I think it's really good. You know, definitely something that I have to work on on a day-to-day basis. I just wanted to share on it and just, um, I enjoyed the, you know, what everyone had to say. And, you know, I always take away something from each podcast. I don't know. It just really helps, you know, when I can't make it to a meeting or if I'm struggling with something, um, it's just nice to have these, these podcasts just to remind me. And it helps me remember that I do have tools and I'm not alone and that, you know, I am a good person and I'm deserving and I'm worthy of so much. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Alina, for your participation and sharing. Tara left us a voicemail with some thoughts on the new year. Hi, Spencer and everyone. This is Tara from the Twin Cities. It's almost 11 o'clock at night on New Year's Eve. When the alcohol-fueled chaos resumed again tonight, I was left wondering how to best spend my last day of the year. At first, I decided to go to an Al-Anon meeting where there was a speaker. And so for the drive, I loaded up one of my favorite recovery show episodes, which is episode 231, Begin in Stillness. 
Alas, something came up and I needed to go home right away. And I did my drive back home with the with Spencer's wonderful message from the episode playing while it was helping keep back my panic and fear about what was happening at home. Finally, I got home. And after another very bad night, my loved one was able to go to bed and go to sleep. And I had a break or reprieve from the alcohol-fueled chaos. I again reflected on how it was a real shitty way to spend New Year's Eve. But I rallied again, and I decided I could still do something worthwhile with my New Year's Eve. And so I began my quiet time in stillness. Reading from the show notes for episode 231, Spencer writes, Begin the new year in stillness, in contemplation of the year past and the year to come. And Spencer asks three questions. What do you want to let go of from the last year? What aspirations do you have for yourself in the new year? And the third, what gift would you like to give to someone else for the coming year? I won't go into any of the details that are described in the episode beyond the three questions, but instead we'll leave it for the listeners to hear it firsthand. It is an absolute treasure and I love this episode. What I do want to do on December 31st at the 11th hour at night is to share my responses to those three questions. First, what I want to let go from this past year is judgment, judgment of myself and of others. Number two, the thing that I aspire to in the coming year is authenticity. And the gift I would like to give to another person is I wish for everyone to have moments of joy in every day. So I'll speak a little bit about each of the three answers. For judgment, I have made great strides this year with judgment of myself or not, or not judging myself as much. And I have also had um, many, many times of setbacks on this. And that is the same for judgment of others. In particular, judgment of my loved one, the times where instead of compassion, I would have moments of judgment and resentment and anger. Judgment in particular, um, or moments of judgment would be moments where I would scream to myself in my head only, but I would scream things like, why can't you just do the next right thing? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? I have learned in Al-Anon about how I can, instead of having judgment, I can have compassion and I can give space, allow for my loved one, give him dignity to find his own way, to make his own choices, to live his own life. But amidst the chaos, it's challenging 
<laughs> I guess uh, it's kind of like meditation. Meditation is the practice of bringing your mind back to the moment. And similarly, in a moment of chaos, especially the alcohol field chaos, my mind keeps reaching out to towards anger and resentment and judgment and frustration. And like meditation, I am regularly trying to reel my mind back and practice things and of practice things like compassion and empathy and practice distinguishing my loved one from his disease. I also struggle with judgment of others in particular ranting to my sponsor and a couple of friends about the, let's just say, difficult text messaging with my, with a family member, where I was react, although I responded when I gave, when I text back, I was reacting not to my family member, but I was reacting. I was reacting to the shaming and judgmental text messages in some ways acting out. I I was running off going, oh my God, she's absolutely crazy. And what is this insane stuff? Instead of being able to calmly reflect on it and see it for, I guess, see the person and not the unhealthiness behind the the words. Anyway, the for the second response about what I would like to aspire to in the next year, I said authenticity. And what I like about authenticity is, or aspiring to something like that is, it can be whatever I, whatever it is to me at any moment. It's a very fluid aspiration. For example, one of the things I'd like to practice with regard to authenticity is when I'm having conversations with others, in particular coworkers or just people I happen to be talking to, I often will describe or exaggerate or even make up a story of me being less than. I am essentially uh, shaming myself by describing a moment of being less than. My purpose is of not appearing to be better than. I am trying to be relatable with a funny story. And the shaming I'm doing is not overt. I'm not putting myself down directly. And yet, I continually make myself out to be sillier, more prone to mistakes, sometimes a bit of air, airhead, act like I'm an airhead. You know, maybe, perhaps, I don't know, This I just had this revelation, but perhaps it's actually a response to my imposter syndrome. Especially at work, I feel like I am not as good and as worthy of my title and my, well, 
I'm not exactly a, any major title. Um, I'm just a cubicle worker, but I feel like I am not worthy of it. That I'm just waiting for people to find out that I'm a fraud. Perhaps by doing these lighthearted, so-called funny stories that are really shaming myself, perhaps I'm trying to downplay myself so that when someone finds a mis- when I make a mistake or I guess, yeah, when I make a mistake or I do something that something like run late on a task or whatever, then at least people's expectations for me have already been potentially lowered and s- from my little funny shaming stories. And so they can use my stories as evidence of why I would make a mistake and say, ah, she's pretty, she can be pretty dim and, and flighty. So eh, she made these mistakes, but that's what you do if you're that flighty. I guess, I don't know for, that's an example, but maybe that's what I'm trying to do. But anyway, with this, the shaming stories I do, what I'm finding is that I'm, every time I do them, I kind of just shake my head at myself and going, that's, I'm painting this picture that's not really me. I'm inflating or exaggerating this thing and making myself out to be something less than what I am. And I'm, I'm not liking it. I feel like it's very inauthentic. I feel like I am not being authentic and I want to change that. When I think of being authentic, other things I think of is if I'm practicing to be authentic, it's a place where I can practice empathy and compassion. I can also actively be actively letting go of judgment. Perhaps another way of practice practicing being authentic is discovering myself and what my values are. That's one of the things I realized this year or not too long ago when I was talking to my family member is I don't, if you ask me what my values are, I would kind of stumble and ramble and I can't sit down and just precisely say what my values are. And that's something I very much would like to discover about myself. Moving on to the third answer about wishing others to have moments of joy in each of their days. Uh, It's pretty self-explanatory. I am grateful for how I have learned in Al-Anon about how I can find joy even on the worst of days. And I would wish that for anybody else to be able to find that joy. Well, this is not how I would have liked to have spent New Year's Eve on the brink of starting a brand new year. However, I do feel, I feel connected. I do not feel alone because I know others are out there. I I guess I just, I feel like through Spencer and the Recovery Show podcast, I am not alone and I am very grateful for that. I wish everybody a beautiful new year. In a journey filled with joy, discovery, fellowship, and connection. Happy New Year, everyone.
Thank you, Tara, so much. And Carrie left a voicemail. Hi, Spencer and everybody. Uh, This is Carrie from Texas. I just wanted to call and wish everyone a happy new year and holiday. And I'm just feeling really, really grateful for the podcast. It helps me so much. It's one of my top favorite Al-Anon tools. I've been having a lot of trouble sleeping lately, and I just listen all the time. So yeah, just feeling so grateful. Thank you. And I realized that I use this podcast like I do, like my daily readers, like I'll go through and find a topic that is relevant for me. And it's so helpful. December 5th, so almost a month ago, was my five-year Al-Anon anniversary, which is so great. Except the thing is, I thought it was five years last year. <laughs> so it feels it feels good, but I'm like, it also feels familiar. <laughs> Time is so weird. Anyway, I was, I wanted to lead the meeting that day and the topic was assigned. It was tradition one. And I was like, I wasn't feeling completely motivated about it, but I was like, I bet you Spencer has done a podcast on that. So I checked and you did. Yeah. So it was really helpful to have that. And I took notes and I used part of it for leading the meeting. That was a really cool realization for me, or maybe I've realized it before and I forgot, but that I really do like, I don't know, this is a really, really important part of my Al-Anon, which is amazing because I know that, or I, I, I believe that you, you know, just do this, you know, for yourself and to help others like in service and just how much it's helping me. And then to think about how much it must be helping other people as well. Cause there are times I just, I cannot get to a meeting and I want one and or need one. Yeah, it just feels very, I don't know if empowering is the right word, but I just like, I've got, I have access to help at all times, which is absolutely extraordinary. So thank you, Spencer, and everybody who contributes. This thing's going to cut me off, but I would love to help you do a, um episode and or listen to an episode on the topic of hypervigilance, which I I know is very, very relevant for me. But I, I hear like, people talk about it in meetings. And I'm like, I think that might be a big deal for other Al-Anon people as well. So just putting that out there. Thank you. It's going to cut me off. Bye. Thanks, Carrie, for calling. I uh, haven't heard from you for a while. I'm glad you're still out there. Song number three. So you picked Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. And you want to yeah, wow. say something about that? <laughs> oh, God. I don't have any of the lyrics in front of me. Again, I was listening to this at 11 or whatever, 10. 15 last night at the conclusion of a losing Patriots effort. So, you know, it just came to mind. Hello, is there anyone in there? I'm going by memory. Do you have the lyrics in front of you? I pulled out like the first four lines. Hello, hello, hello. Is there anybody in there? Just nod if you can hear me. Is there anyone at home? Yeah. I got stuffing. To me, and I'm just going by very hazy 1980 memories okay <laughs> if you could okay probably 1980 i'm guessing i don't know something like that i think it's from the wall whenever that came out <laughs> yeah 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 but very hazy i i seem to recall it being about stuff in our feelings you know hello is are yeah. you listening yeah. can you hear me and that's to me concept five you know yeah. i don't have to stuff it anymore yeah i can actually say what i mean and i can say it in this tone of voice and I don't have to let it fester inside. When I stuff it, it festers. That concept five says, be heard. Yeah. Get some, you know, find the confidence. Um, you deserve to have a voice and you won't be ridiculed for it in these rooms, at least. 
and with more self-esteem and building of confidence, I'm more confident to speak up and then let it go. So, yep, I thought it might work. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. And uh, and thank you so much, Eric. 